everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Game Talk Radio. I'm Greg. It is Tuesday, November 5th, and it is already November. <laughs> what else can you say? I mean, my goodness, it's November already. We're a month and a half away from we're, we're a month away from Thanksgiving. Less three weeks away from Thanksgiving. Seven weeks away from Christmas. <laughs> it's I don't know where the time goes sometimes, quite honestly. Um, but uh, very very exciting news over the weekend uh, was my 24-hour live stream, the Extra Life charity live stream. I play for the I raise money for and play for the Children's Hospital of Wisconsin. That is the charity I choose, and we did great. I'm so proud to say we raised four thousand and one dollars for the Children's Hospital of Wisconsin. Normally, um, so our goal was six thousand. So we actually didn't hit our goal. But a little bit about that goal. So last year, our original goal was $3,000. And we read about $500 on Friday morning, technically the day before we even started. And I was on the radio doing my Madden matchup thing. And then all of a sudden, I, I was done with that. And I went to get lunch before I was going to go set everything up and test all the equipment before the live stream. And all of a sudden, uh, you know, I get a text from my wife. And she's like, hey, did you see? Did, did you see? And I'm like, did I see what? And someone had anonymously donated $2,500, which put us at our $3,000 goal already. It was incredible. I mean, never expected that in a million years. So I, I was just, you know, I was super excited about that. But then I realized, well, if we're already at our goal, it's going to deter people from donating. <laughs> and we hadn't even started our, our fundraiser yet, technically. So... I, uh, I actually raised the goal to $5,000 because I knew we were going to have the 10% charity sale and we still had money coming in from, you know, donations and raffle tickets and stuff like that. So I raised it to $5,000 and we ended up finishing the 24-hour live stream last year at $5,500. Incredibly proud of that. Um, made me very happy. But I also realized that that one donation of $2,500 was never going to be a regular thing. And it was it was a great, awesome, amazing donation that we should never expect to rely on. So even even with that said, though, I made the goal $6,000. And I said, I'm just going to put it up there because that's more than we raised last year. And that's what I want to do. That's a goal. My mom always said something really weird, but I thought it really made a lot of sense. And I took this with me throughout my management career and throughout my career. And she always said something, you know, if you aim for the fence and you hit the floor, aim for the sky and you'll hit the fence. And I think, you know, what she meant by that was the higher you aim, the higher you strive, even if you don't hit what you aim for. So aim big, go high, you know? And so I did that. And, uh, and so I, uh, I raised it to $6,000. And so if you take the $2,500 anonymous donation away, we raised about $3,000 last year. So I look at this and I say, we raised $1,000 more than we did last year. And I'm very proud of that. And I, you know, I, I do get a little down on myself because I don't like to miss goals. You know, if I set a goal for myself, I want to hit that goal. To me, that's the point of making it right to, to achieve said goal. And, uh, so I was a little down on myself and, and Jenny was, was telling me, oh, she's like, but look what you're still doing. It's still amazing. And sometimes you have to get out of your own head. And even though the competitive streak I have in me helps push me, it also sometimes puts extra stress on me when I need to step back in a situation like this and say, I could have raised $100 for the kids and it'd be better than nothing. You know, so $4,000 I'm pretty proud of. Um, along with that then, so we finished at rank 160 in the entire Extra Life charity raising. So 160, I mean, it's crazy. It's fantastic. Um, you know, the number one, let's see, actually, let's look this up. Um 
can I get to all in? Okay, so number one was Magic the Gathering. Okay, so let's just be real. We're not beating Magic the Gathering. They raised six hundred thirty-four thousand dollars. That's amazing. Game Informer raised fifty-eight thousand dollars. Giant Bomb eighty-seven thousand dollars. Minecraft Group two hundred three thousand dollars. That's incredible. It's amazing. Greg Miller thirty-seven thousand dollars. And then there's actually this is Greg Barks. He's the top in the United States. He was eleventh with thirty-four thousand. That's amazing. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not disappointed. I'm not you know up there with them because I know it's pretty impossible. However, if you sort it by state. So in Wisconsin, look at that, number two, number two. And again, Greg Marks, he uh, is an official like campaign writer for Dungeons and Dragons. So he's doing really good fundraising thing by using that as his platform. So we're never going to touch the guy. But for us to be number two makes me very, very happy. Uh, I, I'm looking at this and I just can't believe that in the entire state of Wisconsin, we raised the second most. Uh, and I'm really proud of that. Now... Let me see if there's a way, because there's a way, I think, to look at older years. And I want to say last year, I think we finished like seventh or something. wonder if that's something I can see here or not. Let's take a look. Let's see what we can find. Um, So let's see here. I thought there was a thing. You're Oh, yeah. Okay. So here. So 28. So in 2018... In 2018, it says your campaign's closed. Uh, yeah, yeah, we know we can't donate more. My overall rank was 137 out of 48,000, but that was um, total, not just in Wisconsin. So I don't know where I was in Wisconsin now that I think of it. But uh, and then the year before in 2017, 2017 we were 384. Out of 49,000 total rank, we uh, we raised a total of $2,239 that year. Then the year after was 55, and this year was four. So every year we're, we're donating, you know, we're, we're raising a bit more. So fantastic. How excellent is that? Um, but anyway, so then on the podcast today, I do want to... I do want to go through and give everyone props who donated. So it's going to be a few minutes. I want to go through this because some of you are listeners here, uh, but also because I think that these people deserve all that praise because I really do appreciate it. So we're going to go through this here. Now, I also set up one through my personal Facebook page, so it made it easier for people to donate. And so you're going to see, um, you're going to see Facebook donations and those are, or when I mention them, I'm going to go through uh, and, and say thank you to them. Unfortunately, Extra Life just reads it as Facebook donor, not as the name. So, um, But we start at the bottom. So the bottom here is me. I donate 100 bucks to start it off every year. Why not? Uh, then we had an anonymous donation of $25. I believe that was my friend Ben. Uh, so thank you very much if you listen. Uh, Dion Doge, he's a, someone who likes us on Facebook. I know I know this person, but since he uses a fake name, I don't want to say I know who it is and then be wrong. But a $10 donation, very generous. My friend Sam, $30 donation. My Aunt Kathy, $100. My good friends Amy and Bredo, $25. Amy was almost like a sister to me growing up. She's the sister of my best friend Brian. Uh, and then uh, after that, we had... $75 Facebook, $100 Facebook, $100 Facebook, $50 Facebook, $50 Facebook, $50 Facebook. And then Press Start Games. I've talked about them in the past. Zach's a good friend of mine. He runs the store in Menasha, uh, another video game store very similar to mine. 
uh, where he does just all games. He's killing it down there, doing an awesome job. And he donated 300 bucks. I mean, that's amazing. That's so selfless. I mean, the, he, he didn't have to do that. But Press Start Games in Appleton, check them out, please. Zach's a really good guy, and he was very selfless and donated an amazing amount of money. So thank you, Zach. If you listen, thank you so much. Um, another Facebook donor, 20 bucks. My good buddy Jack, he was on the stream with me. He was playing Metal Gear with me. Um, he, he donated $30. Thank you, Jack. Uh, we had a $50 Facebook, $50 Facebook, $20 Facebook, $45 Facebook, $25 from Rob and Amanda. Thank you so much, Rob. He's the owner of Start Over Games in Oshkosh. Definitely check them out as well. Very generous of them to do that. You know, he's just starting off his own business. He should be saving every penny he can, but he's still taking time out of that, you know, to, to raise some money. Uh, then I donated the money from our Saruji's bar sales and raffle ticket sales. It was four hundred and sixty-five dollars. We had we had tallied up from our anniversary sale and into that. Then we had a sixty-dollar Facebook. Uh, Amanda Prude donated twenty dollars. I believe that's a listener from the fan and on Twitter. Uh, so thank you, thank you, Amanda, if you're listening. Uh, we had a ten-dollar anonymous donation, twenty-dollar Facebook, and then a forty-dollar Facebook. And then, as we wrapped up towards the end of the night here, we're <laughs> we're getting it, we're getting into it. Um, let's see here. Then we had a hundred dollar Facebook donor, my friend, my best friend, Brian and his wife, Kelly, another friend of mine. I always hate to say that, you know, my best friend, Brian and his wife, like Kelly's my friend too. She's great. hundred dollar donation from Brian and Kelly, $50 anonymous donation, $50. And I know, uh, I know he did it, but he was anonymous with it. But, um, Mike from uh retro game fix, he donated somewhere in here. He's one of these anonymous donations. So thank you, Mike. I know, uh, <laughs> I know you're anonymous, but uh, I know you're there. So I really do appreciate that, man. Thank you. Um, Facebook, $50. My friend Cole, he was playing uh, PUBG with me, and he also went um, played Mordhaw with me near the end of the night. $50 donation from Cole. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. And not just the money, too, but playing games with me on these streams that late into the night. He played with me till 3 in the morning. Um, that's pretty... Uh, that's pretty awesome. You know, that, that helped carry me to the end of the night. Uh, we had a $50 Facebook with another $25 anonymous Alyssa. $50 donation. This is Jack's girlfriend. Um, absolute, absolute sweetheart and just a great person all around. Um, thank you, Alyssa, for that generous donation. Uh, buddy, Big Boss Smith donated $50. So Buddy is the name of one of my best friends, Austin's puppy. And when they were naming him, they asked what they, they were asking for suggestions and Buddy came up and I said they should name him Big Boss. <laughs> so then, uh, Unfortunately, I lost. <laughs> he was named Buddy. However, Big Boss is his nickname, and uh, Big Boss donated 50 bucks because we were playing Metal Gear, the game that gave him his name. So thank you, Austin, and thank you, Buddy, for that. I appreciate that. Uh, $40 Facebook. Uh, Amy and Ryan donated $100. Ryan was with me through a majority of the uh, – through all of the Extra Life stream. He wasn't on camera the whole time, but he was there the whole time. Um, and then Amy is his now fiancé. So thank you, Ryan. Amy, $100. That's an incredible donation. Very selfless. Thank you so much. And thank you, Ryan, too, for helping me with the Extra Life stream throughout the whole day. He was getting me snacks. He was he was being a runner for us, whatever we needed. He was the ultimate producer. So thank you, Ryan, for that again. Powers Comics, $100. So my very good friends, Kelly and Dave Powers, they, they own Powers Comics here in Green Bay. If you've never been there or if you're even close to the area, you have to check this place out. It has got to have the largest selection of comic books I've ever seen. I mean, Dave's store is huge, and he still doesn't have room for everything he has. He has tables upon tables of back issues. It's neat, clean, and organized, which I really respect. And it was just... Um, I don't know. It was. It, it's just like it got me back into comics. Powers Comics, I was out of comics 
after the 90s, I would say early 2000s, I quit. Late 2010, I got back into it simply because of how awesome the shop was because I respected how you run a shop like that. They're not all dirt holes, you know, they're not all grubby grubby dumps, you know, and Powers is amazing. So please check them out. And Kelly and Dave are so generous with their money. They donate. They do tons of stuff with animal shelters. They're always doing things to help people. And they still took time out to donate $100 to me. Um, John donated $25. Thank you very much, John. I believe that's a friend of Jordan and Jeremy, I believe. He was in the chat. So thank you, John. It's really nice. Ashton, uh, he's Kelso's Twitch streamer. Check him out. He recently left us for, for sunnier... For, for sunnier skies in California. But uh, he donated $5. Thank you so much, Ashton. And thanks for popping in the chat. You know, people don't realize that too, that sometimes if you're watching and you just pop in the chat and you talk to us, that helps. It gets chat energized. Having the browser open and watching the stream, just watching it, it shows viewers. When I look at that number and I see that we have 20 to 30 people, it makes me want to keep going. If it would dip down to one or two or three people, and I know that that's me with my browsers open, that, that you know, <laughs> that's, that, that's sad. You know, it's tough. Um, and then I got a $6 donation from the lot lizards. <laughs> so there's a little bit of an inside joke, but basically, um, this is my friend, Chad, I guarantee it, uh, Chad and, and my friends, Chad and Beth and Chad and I went to ITT tech together. Unfortunately, <laughs> it was the biggest mistake I ever made, but I met three really cool people there. My friends, Chad, Chris, and Jake. And so the three, the four of us made our first launched game that wasn't for a contest and it was called lot lizards <laughs> and it is about as stupid as you'd expect based on the name but you know what i'll always be proud of it because i was able to do it so i can call myself a game dev because i game devved the hell out of this game albeit that it is not good <laughs> so bear with me there uh but that's funny that he donated in the name of the Immortal LL. So thank you, Chad. I know that was you, Chad and Beth. So thank you. And thank you for watching too, man. I know you're always in the chat and you're always keeping it open. Um, and then we had, uh, we do uh, as uh, advertised, we do a big sale that day at the store. So we donated 10% of our sales, which equated to $880. So we did a little less at the sale than we wanted to, but we also had a little less time to promote it with me being in Ireland. And I only had a couple weeks to push the sale out. So I'm still proud of the guys. Um, you know, did great. I still really appreciate it and, and uh, obviously it was a good chunk of the donation that we raised here today or over the weekend, I should say. Then my friend Zach, so Alusia Palamia, something something for the kids, Zach, is awesome. Um, Zach is very, very um, proactive when it comes to supporting his friends and Zach supported me when I would, every time I'd share this on Twitter, he'd retweet it. Every time I share something, he always retweets my videos. He's just, he's always trying to help. And, and he also does an extra life stream where he does a bunch of money raising too. And they do stuff. He's one of the original G ones. Uh, if you remember the old screw attack days, he, 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 you know, he's part of that click, I would say. And I met a lot of them through my streaming and my proximity to Jared. And I met so many cool people through screw attack and through the G one days. And I'm so happy to, to, to know those people, even though I haven't met any of them. And I got to get down to MagFest one of these, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I always send my John Brunage, I send down as my, uh, he's my envoy. I send him down to give hugs and squeezes to all the people I can't see down there. Uh, and then at 2.17 in the morning, Ryan and Amy donate another 50 bucks. So Ryan, my producer, who's there rocking it with me, trying to stay awake with us as, as you know, I'm, I'm playing Monster Hunter and PUBG. He donates another $50. Uh, then I donated, there was actually a little bit more left over from extra raffle tickets and candy bar sales from the sales day that I didn't get in right away. So I donated those 
that was $48. And then, uh, yeah, and so that was kind of the end, or it was $248. And then I noticed we were $47 short of 4000 So I donated 48 more dollars from me just to say, hey, we broke 4000 <laughs> So that's how we got to our $4,001. Um, with the extra life thing. So again, anybody who watched had a browser open. Thank you so much. Anybody who even shared it, retweeted it, liked it on Facebook, made a comment. Even if you just came to the store and shopped, you helped. And I can't express enough how important that is to me, how much that means to me. And this year we're going to start in January. So we're going to, we're going to, we're, we're going to crush it again. And, uh, and we're going to, we're going to beat it next year. Both, uh, Zach and Rob, want to get in on it. So press start games and starter games want to get on this too. And so I think next year I might build the team. I might build a coalition and, uh, and it's going to be great. And I think if we get those three stores, all donating sales, doing sales, hitting everything, um, that'd be pretty awesome. That'd be pretty awesome. And I, I know, I know we can bring our powers together for, uh, for the right cause. So thank you, uh, uh, Zach and Rob for coming up with that. And we're going to, we're going to, we're going to do something special next year. We're going to make it this bigger and better every year. This, this is my thing. This is every year. This is what I do. This is what I work towards. I'm putting this into planning stages month before it happens. And I know you're going to probably see that and go, and all you raised was 4,000 bucks. Well, we're working on it. <laughs> so I'm going to crack that top hundred. And then once I crack that top hundred in total donations, I'm going to, I'm not kidding. I'm going to hit. I'm going to, I'm going to get close to number one in Wisconsin sometime. You know, I'm going to talk to this Greg Marks guy and I'm going to say, Hey buddy, you keep doing what you're doing, but I'm coming for you. <laughs> so again, thank you everybody. I really appreciate anyone who did donate and anything like that. All right. So, um, and then, uh, of course, so we got the extra life stuff out of the way. Uh, and then I have my game of the week and I have my pickup pile of the week. And then we're going to talk about really one story. Um, I want to talk a little bit about BlizzCon. Not necessarily all the announcements they made, but there was some interesting stuff going on. Uh, we didn't get to report on the story because I was in Ireland, but when we got back, I had mentioned it, that basically there was the story, if, if you didn't know, that Blizzard had banned and taken away all the winnings from a Hearthstone player that had, during a, a broadcast, had said you know, f something uh, in regards to Free Hong Kong, and it was a very political statement about Free Hong Kong. And obviously the, the uproar that... Uh, that continued afterwards was was quite large it was um there was a huge backlash um and you know a lot of us very torn because blizzard's a company that we know for making outstanding games but also for doing great things i mean pride month is hugely celebrated at at blizzard uh in activision blizzard they do tons of great charity events they do donations they do raise a lot of money for good things and then something like this happens and so we're going to talk a little bit about that whole mess. And they did address that at BlizzCon. BlizzCon is, if you don't know, an entire convention devoted to Blizzard games. <laughs> so, um, so we're going to we're going to hear the opening statement where the uh, president of Blizzard acknowledges what happened and talks about it. And then we're going to talk about an article when PC Gamer actually interviewed him after the fact and pushed a little bit further, which was pretty good reporting. So we're going to talk about that. And then, like I said, we have my game of the week, and we have our pickup pile of the week. And then we're going to roll out of here, and we're going to be done. So uh, with that being said, let's kick it off and uh, we'll get started right away. So first up on the podcast today, we're going to be talking about Blizzard and we're going to be talking about their response to the controversy they recently uh, are having to deal with about the Hong Kong incident at BlizzCon. So obviously with BlizzCon coming up, there were a lot of people who were waiting to see what would happen because you had a lot of people that really assumed that it was going to be a dumpster fire, right? Because there's so much controversy surrounding different 
different aspects of Activision Blizzard and their political leanings and their connections with China that I think a lot of people thought this was going to blow up. Last year, obviously, we had the huge controversy with them only really announcing Diablo Immortal. And then you had the person on stage say, hey, guys, don't you have mobile phones? You know, really, really not understanding the audience. I'm not even going to say that there was... um. That, that he like did anything wrong. It's just that 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 whole keynote, that whole un- missed and misunderstood the whole point uh, of Blizzard, of BlizzCon and the fans that were there. And so it was a miss and it happens. It's a marketing miss. It happens all the time. But obviously this year they were looking to rebound big time and they knew they had to make some crash announcements, which they did. Um, Blizzard announced Diablo 4, World of Warcraft Shadowlands. They talked about Warcraft 3 Reforged, and then they uh, announced Overwatch 2. So that's about as much of a banger as you can get out of a press conference. But they knew in their opening ceremony that they still had to, they still had to address the controversy. So we are going to uh, listen in on this live. Well, not live. But we're going to listen in on the video, and you're going to hear this is the apology from Blizzard as it pertains to the Hong Kong incident. How are you feeling, BlizzCon? Before we start the opening ceremony, I want to say a few words. You know, uh, Blizzard had the opportunity to bring the world together in a tough Hearthstone esports moment about a month ago, and we did not. We moved too quickly in our decision making. And then, to make matters worse, we were too slow to talk with all of you. When I think about what I'm most unhappy about, there's really two things. The first one is, we didn't live up to the high standards that we really set for ourselves. And the second is, we failed in our purpose. And for that, I am sorry, and I accept accountability. So what exactly? I'm just going to pause this for a second because there's actually something that, that kind of bothers me here. I don't I don't understand the cheering. Um, I don't get the the cheering for someone apologizing. It's it, this room is so full of essentially like deluded fanboys that that are so it it didn't like first of all <laughs> if you're proud of them apologizing it means you had an issue with what they did okay right i mean that's just the obvious right so that yet you still came to blizzcon you still waited how long to get into this paid whatever amount of money you had to get into the opening ceremony and and now you're essentially cheering for an apology that you know is something that you clearly had an issue with and so I don't know, just this, this really is off-putting to me. And I would have liked to see, and I will admit that the, the speaker, he's not, he's not encouraging it. You know, he's, he's trying to keep a straight face. He's trying not to smile, even though there's people like cheering him on. Like it's a, I don't know, like he just announced Diablo 4. Like they're cheering for him like that. And I just found that was kind of weird. My only other real issue up to this point is that you could tell this was really, really rehearsed. And I get why that is. Not everyone's a great natural speaker. A lot of people do have to plan things, rehearse things. There's teleprompters. It's fine. But it, it's less genuine when it's so rehearsed. And that doesn't mean that he didn't mean it. It just means that it's it comes off that way. It's a little less, you know, a little less genuine.
So what exactly is our purpose? BlizzCon is demonstrating it even as we speak. We aspire to bring the world together in epic entertainment. And I truly believe in the positive power of video games. Well, I, <laughs> I don't get that. I don't get this. I, I just don't, I don't get the stupid cheering. When we get it right, we create a common ground where the community comes together to compete, connect, and play, irrespective of the things that divide us. As an example, BlizzCon has people from 59 countries all around the world here at the show today. That is amazing. And that yes. <laughs> is the positive power of video games, to transcend divisions that surround us in so many of our places today. We will do better going forward. But our actions are going to matter more than any of these words. As you walk around this weekend, I hope it's clear how committed we are to everyone's right to express themselves in all kinds of ways in all kinds of places. I've actually seen and heard many of you expressing yourself this morning. <laughs> you use your vacation and your family time to be here in Anaheim with us, and we are so grateful that you're here this weekend. Our best moments are here in our shared passion for Blizzard games. So once again, BlizzCon has brought us together, and today you're going to see a lot of the hard work of the Blizzard team. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I am personally, <laughs> I am personally so proud of what we are building and I hope you love it too. Thank you for joining us. All right. All right, well, so that's it, you know, that's, <clears throat> so that is the Blizzard president, uh, Jay Allen Brack, talking about what happened with the ban on that Hearthstone player. And, you know, like I said earlier, I, I yeah, it's, it's over-rehearsed, it doesn't sound as genuine, but I'll give him a little bit of credit. I don't, uh, you know, I think, I don't know what else you would do in that situation. Like, that's probably the best way they could have handled it. So I'm not going to give him too hard of a time. <laughs> the people in the crowd cheering, uh, that just seems really tacky to me. And I don't, I don't understand how there's this weird mob mentality. Like, why couldn't that just be a somber moment where people, you know, like even pe applauding, I guess, people applauding certain things but this this weird like woo woo yeah woo and then you hear like people scream things like we love you because they're looking for their five seconds of like twitter fame they're hoping that keanu reeves you know looks back at them and says you're amazing you know and and i don't know it's like during a moment like this it just feels so inappropriate you know so i don't know so there's that and that's fine um <laughs> yeah that's fine <laughs> that's all i'll say about that but like I was saying, we uh, 
we did have an uh, an interview then the PC Gamer did with him, and I want to go over a little bit of this. There's there's a little bit of, there's a lot of reading here, so so bear with me. But they did push a little bit further, and they did clarify, basically, you know, their position on quote unquote free speech. Um, PC Gamer first asks, I want to revisit the statement you made at the beginning of the opening ceremony yesterday. You said Blizzard is committed to everyone's right to express themselves in all kinds of ways in all kinds of places. And you made a commitment to do better going forward and that your actions are going to matter more than words do. Are you going to be repealing the punishment against Blitzchung and the two Taiwanese casters involved in this incident? J. Allen Brack, president of Blizzard, we are not. <laughs> to which PC Gamer questions, why? He goes on to say, so one of the things that we talked about in the commitment to expression of about all kinds of ways and all kinds of places is the fact that we're huge believers in free speech and we're huge believers in free expression. We have a long history of that being part of the culture of the company for employees. That's certainly part of the culture of the relationship we have with the community. And so employees are free to post on their social media accounts. If you think about the people that have that our esports athletes, our grandmasters, or anyone else who is participating in esports, they're free to say and do whatever they want on their so uh, their social channels. I feel like we have a far more open set of guidelines and policies than really any other traditional sport that takes a view around making sure that all the people stay on message. And so that's how we think about free expression, how we've contextualized it. We want the official broadcasts, which are a small percentage of the overall content that gets created, to be about the games. And we want those to be focused on the games. Again, it's not about the content of Blitzchung's message. It's about the fact that it was not around the games. If we hadn't taken action, if we hadn't done something, you can imagine the trail that would be in our future around doing interviews. They would become times for people to make a statement about whatever they wanted to on whatever issue. That's just a path that we don't want to go down. We really want the content of those official broadcasts to be focused on the games and keep that focus to which pc gamer asks so blizzard's perspective is that of course you want players to express themselves except for when it's taking place through official channels to which he replies that's right pc gamer then asks is it fair to say that if blitzchung had said any political message it would have incurred the same punishment it wasn't that he specifically was calling for hong kong's freedom it was that he was saying anything political to which replies that's correct the content was not the problem it was the fact that it was not about the game in question it was something very specifically different specifically different excuse me i think and i don't want to speculate around if he had said this that or the other and how it would have gone i think that's a difficult thing to think about but it's not about the content of the message there are many people that are supportive of him and this message uh, it goes on they go on to ask one thing i'm curious about that has been downplayed in all of this is the two Taiwanese casters and their role in the incident. I want to understand their punishment specifically. And he goes on to say, I've been in contact with one of them and understandably they're quite frustrated with how things have played out. They don't feel like they're to blame for what Blitzchung had to say. Are the Asian Pacific casters or any of your esports casters given specific training on how to handle on air breaches of protocol? Which let me pause for a second. That's a fantastic question, right? So that question is basically saying, has Blizzard trained these people how to handle a situation? Because oftentimes, if if they're uncomfortable, they don't know how to handle it, what are they supposed to do? Are they supposed to get in trouble for not knowing how to react properly to a situation if they haven't been trained that way? Uh, he goes on to reply to that question. I think that we have a long history 
of long relationships with a lot of different casters. It's clear that the goal is to have the broadcast move forward and be about the games. There's a lot of different interpretations around the Taiwanese casters and whether they were involved with Blitzchung or not, but that's not really something we considered. What we considered with them was that they were hired by Blizzard to do a job, and in this case, that job is to keep the broadcast focused on what it needs to be focused on, which is the games, the winners, and the stories coming out of there. They were not successful in their job. That's how we made the decision on that. <clears throat> I, th th I'm a little, t that's a little rough. That's basically saying that, you know, they're so low level tier and we have so many casters that if they don't do the exact job we ask them, we're just going to can them, which, yeah, I guess. I mean, but it, that, that's a little cold. Like that feels very cold from someone who just talked about expressing themselves and being positive and games, bringing people together. <laughs> now it's, you know, but, but these guys, but casters, oh, you better watch out. So apparently casters are the bottom feeding oppressed ones of the video game esports world, much like testers are of the video game development world. Uh, PC Gamer goes on to ask, there's been a suspicion that China and your Chinese business had an influence on the decision and the statement Blizzard made. Can you confirm for me on the record whether NetEase or any of your Chinese partners didn't have any sort of influence on your decision in this incident? To which he replies, okay, glad you asked that because I'd like to be very clear. I'd love to be very clear. The first thing that I want to talk about is that there's a massive amount of either confusion or non-understanding around, around what the regulations are in China. Blizzard is not legally allowed to operate or to publish games in China. You must have a partner. That is the regulation. That is the law. NetEase is our partner. NetEase is not a government agency. NetEase is a company. They are the publisher. One of the things that has come up around this is that Blizzard... Weibo post and the text around that we are not legally allowed to operate those channels we are not legally allowed to contribute that is a net ease decision they are the publisher in china was net ease in conversation around this issue they were certainly as were the blizzard taiwan team as was the hearthstone leadership team as was the esports team all those various constituencies came together and one of the things they said was we acted very rapidly and we acted very quickly and that's certainly the failure of this story in these groups coming together and deciding in a very short amount of time what the right action to take forward was pc gamer goes on to ask so the weibo post that talked about defending the pride of china was written by NetEase. question mark uh, to which uh, Alad replies correct we did not authorize it we did not approve it we would not have approved it had they asked now if you don't know that's the one where basically it was this comment talking about how, you know, Blizzard will protect uh, the, the, the pride of China or fiercely defend the right of China or something like that. It was very, very weird. And had it come from China official or it come from Blizzard official, it would have been more troubling. Obviously, this situation makes a lot of sense. Uh, with regards to the casters being reinstated, you've admitted that this situation was mishandled on Blizzard's behalf. I'm wondering why that same sort of forgiveness isn't being extended to the casters. Considering Blizzard admits it mishandled this situation, why haven't you decided to be more graceful with them and their punishment? Another great question. To which he replies, we have been more graceful. The initial reaction was that we would not work with the casters anymore. In our revised statement, we came to the conclusion that it felt like the casters and Blitzchung, we wanted to align their penalty. So we've come out and said they have a six month penalty. So basically, he is saying that they were banned for life, but now they're only banned for six months from casting. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, well, where do we go from here? So there's a few things I want to talk about a little bit about this. Um, so first of all, this makes a lot of sense to me, uh, for at the very end there, I'm glad that they did explain it because there's a lot of really key information there. So you have to understand that, that this, you know, 
this person here, this uh, Alan, the president of Blizzard, had nothing to do with what was said in China. It's that partner saying all those things. Now, does that excuse how they handle the situation? Absolutely not. This was a blunder. And there's no, you know, ifs, ands, or buts about that. But was it necessarily like a direct cause from the U.S. management of that company? So many people are running this narrative that because because they want to do business in China, that they have to, you know, suck up to China, that they have to they have to push down freedom and, and hold up that government. But that's not really what's happening. What's happening is the Chinese partners that they work with have to do that because that is how China operates. China, at any time they want as a government, if you don't do what they like, they will end your business. And that's like it is that easy and it will happen. So those companies are playing ball that way. They're playing a different court. And so here we've got an, a U.S. company that got kind of wrapped into this whole thing. Now, Blizzard could have been stronger with their message and not waited till BlizzCon to come out and talk about this. Allen could have come out weeks ago, right after it happened and said, you know what, let's make this right. He could reinstate the casters, say this isn't right. Reinstate Blitzchung, this isn't right. You know, give him a warning and say, look, we're trying to set a precedent. Then, you know, if this starts happening, more people in the future are not going to get warnings anymore. This is a first and final warning to everyone out there. If you do any sort of political message during an official game cast, we're going to cut you off. Now, Blizzard's saying that if he had said that on his personal Twitter, not during a live broadcast, that uh, that they wouldn't have done anything. And I believe them. But I also believe that when you truly believe in something, you're going to take opportunity on the biggest stage you have. So, you know, the, the streamer, the player, he made a decision. And I don't, I don't fault him for that. You know, I mean, could you argue it was dumb if it cost him his winnings, which they have now reinstated and, you know, and, and got him banned from the, the, the game that he's essentially the champ of. Yeah. You know, I mean, but sometimes it's more than that. Sometimes when you have something you fight for, you have a cause. I I can appreciate that. I can appreciate a cause that someone has. So kudos, kudos to him. Bully for you, I say. But I also want to talk about companies and going forward. The reason that they do things like this on an official broadcast is because politics is one of the most divisive things in the entire world. And when you start introducing that into things. Look at what happened with the NFL last year with the kneeling thing. You started having people boycotting the NFL, and 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 you if you, if you didn't do anything, you had people boycotting the NFL. If you take grand measures to stop the kneeling on the field and start fining players stuff, then you have people hating you. It's a no-win situation when you get involved in politics because you're instantly going to piss off half the people that that are your fans. They know that at Blizzard, <laughs> and and while arguably they are a more left-leaning company and the people that play their games are probably more left-leaning. Like if you polled blizzard players, I would say you're probably looking at more of a 70, 30 split than say a 50, 50 split of, of political leanings. Um, but you know, there's still that set of people you don't want to upset. Now my business is the same way. My business is a business. My business is not political. My business does not have political leanings. I do. I have uh, me, the person I have incredible political leanings that I, that I, uh, I'm very strongly believing in. Uh, I use my business sometimes to do fundraisers as I did earlier to help the causes that I believe in, but I don't use it as a vehicle for my political views to spread them and share them with other people. Because again, you instantly start upsetting people. 
you can't win. It's essentially it's a no-win situation. Why put yourself in a no-win situation? And so I don't do it. And I and I said that I don't really mean this, so please don't hate me when I say this. But this is something that I said once on Facebook because it was I thought it was funny, you know, because people are always fighting over. And I said, you know, red Republicans and blue Democrats all have green money, and I want it, <laughs> you know. And I, I don't really feel that way. I'm not that like, I'm not that money grubby. But that that is a philosophy that I feel is true. Um, as a business owner, if if I find some shows very interesting, some of the shows I find very interesting are. Um, Shark Tank, Bar Rescue, uh, and um, Kitchen Nightmares because those are shows about people trying to improve other people's businesses. They analyze the business. They look at why it's failing or in the case of Shark Tank, why they analyze it if it could be bigger than it is and they move on. Well, one of my favorite episodes of Bar Rescue ever was they were at this part, pirate-themed bar and this lady was living with her parents and had her daughter living with them and her daughter's about to go to college and they were all living like in her parents house because she lost her house and she's trying to get this struggling bar to, to operate so he comes there and he goes you know what you're in the middle of a business district downtown pirate bars are hokey this is kind of kind of weird and stupid you should make it this you know corporate bar situation where a bunch of people from their you know whatever and and the lady's so upset and she talks about how the the pirate bar is her baby and it's 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 her baby and it's a thing and it deserves better than that and and, and uh tapper the, the the host of the show who fixes the bars john tapper he just looks at her and goes do you want to be a pirate or do you want your daughter to go to college <laughs> and so that's how i kind of look at things like this now in her free time she could dress up like a pirate and do a whole bunch of stuff you could do that bar and have a pirate night once a month you know but Instead, she chose and she, she made her business a thing, like like an entity, like a like a humanoid, right? It doesn't have a soul. It doesn't have feelings. It's just a it's a it's a profit generator. That's why you're in business to generate profits. Or if you're a nonprofit business, you're in business to generate money for a cause and you give all the money to that cause. But essentially, that's what a business is. It's a profit generator. So then what I do since the business makes money and gives me more money, my business, I can use my money to do political things. And I know not everybody feels that way and you don't have to, and I'm not telling you this is the right way, but I'm trying to get you to understand why Blizzard would make these actions. This is why as a company, Blizzard does not want to go there, you know, and they're not going to censor their players on their own social media, but they're going to say, if you do a broadcast and, and what they're arguing is they would say the same thing. If someone came on the broadcast and said, you know, Trump rules, then they would have banned them too. They're trying to keep it away from all politics and intent. So I can respect that. And they're not doing it for some like noble cause. Like, let's get that out of the way too. They're doing it because they understand that it's a no-win situation you start putting yourself into. And if you don't squash it quick, it starts to get out of control and it's going to get worse and worse. And then if, it, if you let it happen a few times and then you start banning people, people don't understand. And then you've banned your best players, not just one best player, and it becomes a big issue. This sent a message, you know, and, and as much as it, they had to pay for that message in controversy, they sent a message with it. So for better or worse, they sent a message. <laughs> so um, I don't know. I guess that that's really all I can say about that. Is there a company that are trying to, to avoid those murky waters? And, and so the last thing I want to then talk about is supporting companies that sometimes do things that you don't like. And I understand because there's a little bit of stuff going on here. There's a little bit of hypocrisy where people were calling for, I mean, three weeks ago, all you heard on Twitter was screw Blizzard. I'm unsubscribing from everything. I'm deleting my Blizzard account. I'm losing access to all my games. I don't care. They're the worst company in the planet. They support, um, you know, the Chinese government and they hate free speech down with blizzard let's hope they go out of business and bankrupt and lose thousands and thousands of employees that that's what we were hearing 
Well, this week after BlizzCon, now with uh, with with the amazing game announcements they had, all you're starting to hear now is, you know, oh man, Blizzard this, Blizzard that, and it's amazing, and how amazing everything is. Everyone's forgotten already. It's been three weeks, and everyone's already forgotten about what happened. Not everybody, but a lot of people. You know, they move on. But I'm actually going to say I'm okay with that. You know, um, now if you're somebody who said I'll never support another Blizzard product three weeks ago, and now you are supporting BlizzCon, I don't respect that. You're being a hypocrite or you're a liar, and I don't like that. But I understand that sometimes you have to separate the company from the actions. And here, here's what bothers me too: if if you boycotted every company that did something you probably didn't agree with, I don't think there'd be very many companies for you to support. <laughs> every company as a profit generator has run into some sort of controversy. I, I would I would put it out there to anyone. Find me a company that's never had any controversy or done anything that you didn't agree with. But that's how this world works. It's not black and white. It's mostly many, many, some would say 50 shades of gray. Why did I say that? That's a terrible joke. I can't take it back now. We're live. But it's, it's a whole bunch of different shades of gray. And so, yes, a company might do something you didn't like, but they might do five things you do like. So do you not support them even though they're, they've got a, a, a five out of six ratio <laughs> for being pretty good about what they do? You know, do you, do you, you know, nine out of 10 times they do great things. They screw up once. You're not okay with a company being 90% awesome. When you buy products on Amazon, do you, do you hope that everything has a hundred percent perfect reviews? Cause nothing does. So, you know, where, what is the line? How do we draw that? I guess is my point. And there are certain things that I don't do. I don't shop at Walmart. I don't shop at Walmart because I have other choices and I don't like their business practices. So I don't shop at Walmart. But do every now and then uh, I need Halloween candy and there's the closest store and I need to get back to my store in five minutes. So I zip over to Walmart and buy Halloween candy. Yes. Does that make me a hypocrite? Probably but not on purpose. So it's also about convenience. And so it's it's not convenient to boycott Blizzard when they have amazing games. It's difficult. And so I guess my point, though, is I just wanted to say there are lots of companies out there that have done lots of great things and a few bad things. And so you have to really decide for yourself if one bad thing out of nine to ten good things is enough. Blizzard is so supportive of the LBGTQ community. They do um, Pride Month. They're all over the place. They insert into all their games which honestly probably is getting political and probably does upset some of their fan base. So you could argue that that's hypocritical with them not wanting casters making political statements on streams. But that's their choice and they're 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 choosing to do that, you know, as uh, and and a lot of people would agree with that decision. The people that didn't like what they did about Hong Kong would like what they do with things like Pride Month. So where do, where do you draw the line, I guess, is really what it comes down to. How do you decide what was good? And what was like, like what company is good? Is it 50%? Like if you're, if you're like, Hey, if it's 51% good and 49% bad, I'll take it. Or, or is it, you know, two out of 10? Is it 20%? Like that's up to you to decide me. I don't boycott a lot of companies that I know do a lot of good things, donate a lot of money to other charities just because they mess up once or make mistakes here and there. I think, and again, I think we have to look at the grand scheme of things. You have to look at the whole company's actions the whole company as a whole, not just that they make good games, but that they they do a lot of things for uh, they they are strong uh, and active in social justice circles, and that they also, you know, and then they made a mistake when it came to banning a player because he was political online. Like those things all don't weigh out equally, I don't think, in my mind. So, just a thought. But anyway, you know, uh, 
that's uh, that's kind of where we're at. And everyone now, after all the amazing announcements at BlizzCon, um, I guess Blizzard's uh, Blizzard's back uh, back on the throne again. All right, so that's it. For all I really had for stories today. Uh, so let's see what we got. So we got our we got our game of the week, and I got some pickup piles of the week here. And uh, if you're watching this video online, you might have seen that my background's a little bit different. I don't have my green screen up because it's actually at the office right now. Jordan and Jeremy are playing Just Dance. They're, they're wilding out in the streets. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> so um, they're, they're using the green screen for that, and then I'm going to get it back probably for next week. But actually, I like having a background. Like, my background's kind of jacked up right now. I need to do a better job of it. But I like having game stuff in the background. The problem is... I'm trying to get it like here. It's a little bit better because it's a little out of focus. So I am clearly the focus, but when I'm back a little bit further, like it all focuses on me. So it doesn't really work. Um, but anyway, let's get to it. Let's get to the fun. <laughs> well, <laughs> Okay, it's just sometimes I'm trying to adjust the audio levels when I'm doing like a segment like this and it just never works. It sucks. Okay, so game of the week this week, everybody, is one of my all-time favorites, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Symphony of the Night is one of those games that every time you play it, it's as good as the last time you remember it to me anyway people often ask me doing what i do they ask me like what's your favorite game of all time that's a really hard question to ask when you've been playing games for roughly you know 30 when you've been playing games for 30 to 35 years but one game i consistently go back to on that list is castlevania symphony of the night every time i play this game i pick it up and start playing it it's just as good as i remember and i can keep playing it and enjoy it the gameplay in my opinion is timeless this is the peak of 2d platforming this game essentially spawned, this and Super Metroid spawned an entire genre of games that people painstakingly call Metroidvania, which just is the worst name for two games coming together I've ever heard. But that's fine. Metroidvanias, I don't like to use that term, so I call them open-world side-scrolling RPGs. <laughs> it's, it's more of a mouthful. But Castlevania Symphony of the Night, okay, uh, it's a direct, immediate direct sequel to Dracula X, which we never got here in the States except on the Super Nintendo, and it's a pretty watered-down version. But uh, on the Turbo CD, they got it. The PC Engine CD, they got it. And it's it, that was the pinnacle of the old formula of Castlevania. The level-based, go-through, fight bosses. Incredible, incredible game. Then Symphony of the Night comes out and says, you know what, we're going to take that idea, and we're going to blow it up and make it even bigger. And it's absolutely freaking incredible. So this is one of those games that if you have not played... You just have to. Like, you have to play this game. If you're into retro games, even if you're like, well, I'm not really a PlayStation guy, I'm more of a Nintendo Super Nintendo guy, this game feels like a Super Nintendo game on steroids. Like, they didn't, they made it all sprite based. It's all 2D, but it has CD quality sound. So you've got this amazingly beautiful Castlevania music, all in CD quality sound. Just absolutely fantastic. I cannot say enough about this game. This is one that will. It has already gone in the record books and the ages as one of the best of all time. It will be a game that's perfect forever for all time. This game has has aged like a fine wine. It gets only better every time I play it. So check it out. It's awesome. Um, all right. So let's move to my pickup pile of the week here. So I got a couple weirdies in here. Not a whole lot today. I've only got five games today. 
And this is actually, if you notice the last couple of weeks, I haven't had any. So it's been kind of quiet in the, on the front, which is good. Um, <laughs> I need to stop buying so many games. Uh, first up is a, is a copy of a game called Ghost. Uh, I got it on PS4. It's like an indie game. It looks like a two, you know, it looks kind of like a Cas- Castlevania Metroid style game. And right on the back of the box, you see that? Ghost is a Metroidvania. That's literally what it says on the freaking box. So I got to be honest with you. This frustrates me quite a bit. The idea that a game company, like a developer, cannot describe their game better than a garbage mashup of words is not good. It's not good. You you got to be better than that. Now, this game is fun, and it's, it's this fun little quirky side-scroller, but come on now. Here's the, here's the two things that bother me. Now, if someone comes to my store and says, hey, do you like Metroidvanias? I'm not going to give a customer a hard time about that. I'm not going to give a gamer a hard time about that. But a game developer calling it that or someone in the in games journalism calling it that is really, really annoying to me because your job is to do better at describing these things than that. So come on, let's, let's, let's be better, right? What do I always say on this podcast? We can be better. Let's be better. Um, all right, so next up, I picked up the remake of Medieval on PS4. I have not played this yet because I'm backlogged as all hell and Death Stranding comes out on Friday and I'm somehow narrowly avoiding spoilers on that. Uh, and... Uh, but it's, it's, I, I'm so desperately waiting to play that. I think it was a fun remake and it was, uh, it's pretty cheap. It was like 30 bucks. I think picked up a copy of Ninja saviors. So this was, uh, this is an old arcade beat up one to two players. And, uh, um, I want to say it was, it was brought to the U S I think it was called Ninja warriors or something like that. Um, but it's just a classic, you know, beat em up arcade beat em up really good. They brought that on on PS4. Um, then I picked up a copy and import of Raging Blade. So this is like a two-player action RPG hack and slash. It's import only. It is uh, uh, Europe and Japan. I got the European version, so it's in English. Um, I've never actually played this. I really want to, though, so I thought that was cool. And I don't know. I'm a fan of just picking up like weird, quirky PS2 imports that also have really cool art. And I don't know. I just kind of dig that art. That's yeah, pretty neat. Um, it was developed by PCCW Japan. So, so there you go. I think I hear someone mowing their lawn outside. <laughs> it's November 5th, man. Give it up. <laughs> anyway, uh, and then lastly, I can't believe I didn't have this. Snake Eater for PS2. Now, this is the regular edition. I own, I bought day one the uh, collector's edition of Subsistence. So I didn't need, I actually played Metal Gear Solid 3 and I probably traded it in to get the Subsistence collector's edition, which is why I probably don't have this copy anymore. But, um, so I picked up an original copy of Metal Gear Solid 3. It was just an amazing shape. And I love the art on this too. Like Yoji Shinkawa is probably my favorite artist. I don't like the U.S. doing the CG guy in the front. You know, like you see the CG snake. That's really annoying. But if you look behind, you've got the Yoji Shinkawa art with him like up in the trees behind. So that's cool. I do like this cover. I just don't. They did the same thing with Metal Gear Solid 4. You know, like they put, except on the collector's edition, they put just like the CG model of Old Snake's face on the cover. You're like, Come on, we can do better than that. It's like like us stupid Americans do like good art. We don't always care about CG garbage, you know. Whatever, whatever. So uh, that is it for the podcast today. Thank you, thank you so much, everybody, for listening and watching. Um, thank you again to anybody who watched the stream, retweeted my tweets, came in and left a comment, um, and donated to the Extra Life stream. And technically, if you didn't, right, if you didn't donate to the Extra Life and you still want to, you can. It's up until the end of the year. So if you want to leave a donation still, you can. You can go to Extra Life and just search for Greg Johnson Game Trade. Or if you search for Game Trade, I should show up on there. Look for the drop rate logo. 
um, or follow me on Twitter at Game Trade Greg. Find me on there. You can find all the links to everything I do. That's usually the best way to find any of my content. And then, of course, um, follow us on YouTube. Uh, subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash drop rate. Follow us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash the drop rate. And check us out. Um, we do plan on doing a lot more events like this throughout the year next year so we can get this goal higher. I want to hit 10 grand. Like that is my ultimate goal, getting into five digits. Because 10 grand to me is a real, like we're not messing around at 10 grand, you know? And that that to me would really show something. It would really put an impact, I think. So um, I got to think of a cool name for this coalition that we're going to be forming for next year with all the game stores and, and the marketing behind it all. But it's going to be cool, man. It's going to be big. We're just going to keep getting bigger every year. So thank you again. I, I love you all. I appreciate you all. Have a good day. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.